This is DZFE's Maestro Filipino, a focus for music with a connection to home. For this edition, I'm Daniel. Some musicians gain fame as composers, others as charismatic virtuosos. There are also those who, through a sheer love of people and of imparting knowledge, leave a legacy as teachers. Such was Carmencita Arambulo, a teacher par excellence. Mrs. A to her students, she was the originator of the Suzuki method in the Philippines, and also for many, the life of the party, an indefatigable photographer, a guiding star, and even a second mother. After more than a year battling cancer, Mrs. A passed in June. Although she covered all her bases, as they say, at her Green Hills music studio, she leaves behind a gaping hole in the lives of the many, many people whom she touched. We speak with three such individuals who share their memories of Mrs. A. We start with the youngest, Jana Pena, who was able to join us in the studio during her short visit home from her studies in the United States. Here is how she remembers Mrs. A. Thank you for coming back to the studio, joining us for the interview. Thank you so much, Daniel, for having me. I really would love to share everything, you know, all the experiences I've had with Mrs. A. Yeah, definitely. As we've been saying, she's had quite a legacy on the Philippine classical music scene, actually the Philippine music scene in general. Mm-hmm. So uh, I suppose we start where everything starts. How did you become a student of Mrs. Arambulo? Oh, I'm the youngest of four, mm-hmm. and all three of my siblings actually studied at Greenhouse Music Studio. And I think I'm lucky that I was the youngest, so I kind of picked up what they were playing. Mm-hmm. You know, it was in the environment, so my ear could pick up what they were playing. That's cheating. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the Suzuki way, mother <laughs> Right, right. I was most fortunate that at that time, Mrs. A was looking for a whole batch of young kids. And I was five, turning six then. It was my turn to take piano lessons in Greenhouse Music Studio. And mm-hmm. I was fortunate Mrs. A was looking for students. And there I go. Right. And now you are in your 20s and you are a record holder in that you are her longest serving, as it were, student. You've been her student for the longest time. Yeah, I think so. From Greenhouse Music Studio to PHSA, it was about 14, 15 years. And then, you know, after that, I was her teacher trainee as well in Suzuki. Yeah. So you didn't just learn playing from her, but a lot of other things. Again, that's the Suzuki method, which suits Mrs. Arambolo very well, (laughs) I think. That said... This is, again, a pretty big question, but what was Mrs. Arambolo like as a mentor? She was so much more than a piano teacher. She was guidance counselor. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She was life coach. She was second mother, second grandmother, (laughs) all of the above. She was so generous in everything, whether it was her knowledge, Mm -hmm. her wisdom, her experience, all her new ideas even when it comes to teaching and Mm -hmm. playing. Oh, I learned this from... Oh, discovered this, she'd be like that. But also, especially of material things, she was so generous with everyone. I remember we were going to Japan for the Suzuki conference, Mm -hmm. and it was spring in Japan. And she told me, what clothes are you wearing? It's cold in spring. And I told her, you know, that's not enough. Here, here. Good thing we're the same size. (laughs) Kind of the same size. And she gave me extra sweaters. Uh She gave me three extra sweaters. Just, oh, yeah, bring that. That's yours. (laughs) Or... Even dresses. What are you going to wear? Oh, I have this. Or 
I represented PHSA in China, and we needed a um, Filipiniana. Mm-hmm. It was last minute, and I, and I didn't know where to go. I didn't know where, where to buy. We we're, were asking her, like, in Greenhouse, maybe. And she's like, I have the perfect one, hand-painted Filipiniana, here. Just like that. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm not the only one, you know, she's done that. She's done that to so many other students. She's so generous with her studio. It's become the second homes of many of our students, especially mm-hmm. those who have recitals and competitions. We'd sleep in, we called the Suzuki room, which was her <laughs> room. And then there's a GMS wall of fame there, which was all her students who gave solo recitals or won competitions. It's called the Suzuki room. And she had a folding sofa there and we'd sleep there to prepare for competitions. And she'd feed us. <laughs> <laughs> Did she really speak in that tone? A little terse, but very matronly. Yeah, she was <laughs> tough love, really. Uh-huh. She was a critic. When you weren't playing the way she wanted to, when you were making mistakes, she would be. Did you practice? <laughs> uh, wait, repeat that 10 times. Let's do your rhythms 10 times uh-huh. like that. I remember she had one student, <laughs> not going to name, but she had a student. She gave a lesson for four hours and basically she practiced him. Wow. <laughs> That's what she did because he, he wasn't ready for the lesson. Okay, you didn't practice this week. I'm going to practice with you. <laughs> she, she really is committed, not just to the music, but to the student as well. Oh, as perfect. you mentioned that one of her priorities really is molding the student. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit more about that, what, what you meant by that? I think especially becoming her Suzuki teacher trainee, mm-hmm. she emphasized that as a teacher, our role is to use the music education to bring up good citizens. To This is another Suzuki code, but she would always say this, beautiful heart, beautiful tone. Mm-hmm. You will make good music if you're generous, if you're loving, if mm. you're caring and supportive of everyone else. And so she cultivated that in her students. You know, you know support each other, mm. you know, be generous to each other, help each other out. Also, that's another thing. She respected everyone. She, she would all say, you can never choose your student, really. Mm. You know, as a teacher, you get all kinds of students and you have to love them the way they are and you have to be flexible with them as well. Now, how has she influenced your career? Because 14, 15 years, that's quite a while. (laughs) So how has she shaped you as a little sentimental, but as a person, as a pianist? That's a big question. It is a big question. (laughs) Maybe uh, in what way has she helped steer your life's direction? She believed in me so much. She pushed me. Frankly, I mean, I enjoyed playing the piano, but I did not think I was exceptionally good. You know, but she made me <laughs> exceptionally good, I think. I think it all started with this one PTGP piano competition way back. And she's like, you're ready. You're going to join. Do you know? And she gave me, I think, more than twice a week lessons. I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I was quite young there. But I remember going to GMS often. Mm. And we'd even practice before with the dress that I'm wearing. And she just made me an exceptionally good pianist. Um, And I think she kind of, she basically paved the way that I'm walking now. She made me get into Makiling. Mm. She made me get into Lin University. Mm. And that just kept on going and going. She made me win competitions. Mm. But that's me as a pianist. But I think as a person, she instilled in me really discipline, first Mm. of all, that you need discipline to achieve what you want to achieve. Mm. But you also need heart and passion. You Mm. need to love what you're doing. Where love is deep, much can be accomplished. She would always say that as another Suzuki code. Also, being generous. I think also God-fearing and mm. offering everything to God. One thing I will always also remember about Nisi is that before we do a recording or a concert or a competition, we'll huddle up as students or maybe me and her and our parents or with Mom Cheng because she's mm. always my accompanist. <laughs> Shout out to Mom Cheng. 
But we'd huddle up and we'd say a prayer all together. And she'll always say, you did your work. Now offer everything to God and just do your best. There's a steakhouse in Green Hills uh-huh. Shopping Center, House of Minis, and she will always take her students there. Mm-hmm. But also ice cream, mm-hmm. DQ, Dairy Queen, her favorite. Macarons from Bizu, another favorite. Pizza, <laughs> all kinds of food. And she will always treat guests, you know, and when we had her previous students come, she'll always be like, oh, buy pizza and amici. Let's, <laughs> let's eat here in the recital hall. She was generous, not just with her money, but really with her life. Mm-hmm. What about as a teacher? You already mentioned a little bit about this, but you are not only trained as a teacher under her, but you are a teaching assistant mm-hmm. in Houston. What sort of teaching sensibilities, as it were, did you inherit from Mrs. A that you now use on your own students? She had tough love. Um, And I think I got that. I will push the student until they really work on it. But at the end of the day, if they do the work, then you praise them and you you recognize the work that they've done. I think also being persistent and cultivating discipline in the students. Right. I think that's something I really got from her. Yeah, I'm sure when you cultivate persistence and discipline in your student, you do so in yourself as well. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. But I think one last thing is always being curious as a teacher. She will always find some new way to teach something mm-hmm. or some new idea or some new piece or she'll change up lessons every now and then. So just mm-hmm. being curious and always willing to learn. Even if she was already a teacher trainer, she would observe other teachers teach mm-hmm. always. And not just piano teachers, even violin teachers. Yeah. She'd love doing that. And in our piano lesson, she'll be, oh, I got an idea from this violin teacher training that I watched. I don't know if you know, but we know Sophie Bantilan because the Philippines Suzuki oh. Youth Orchestra came here. Yes. And of course, that wouldn't have been possible without Mrs. A. Before we get to the final point, tell us about the pieces you performed. I played Mrs. A's poem, mm-hmm. A Song Without Words. 1957. I think she was 19 years old when she wrote that. Obviously, I played her composition as a tribute to her. But I think the song that I've tried to play is a little reminiscing song, but also a very thankful song. It's kind of what I hope I portrayed. Mm-hmm. The second piece is Jodot by Franz Liszt. And this is from his pilgrimages. And I chose to perform this because... This was kind of the time where Liszt became very spiritual. And as I mentioned earlier, you know, Mrs. A is very spiritual. This piece is about water that gives eternal life. And of course, it refers to God. But I also think that it refers to the water that Mrs. A has gave all her students. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that has kind of changed their lives mm-hmm. forever. That's really something that we see again and again with Mrs. A looking up the tributes uh, that people have written about her. She doesn't just teach people, she teaches people to pass on Mm -hmm. what she has herself passed on to them. How did you take the news that she had passed away? What Uh, went through your mind? I was practicing piano, actually, when my mom was like, did you see this? Did you see someone posted that she passed away? I just paused and I just couldn't, now I'm crying. (laughs) I couldn't stop crying. And for many days, I had to practice because I had a concert that I'm preparing for, right? Mm -hmm. Every time I play the phrase, oh my gosh, I would recall some lesson I'd had with her before. Mm -hmm. Or something she mentioned about how how to play or how to practice and I would just cry. (laughs) Many days. She has impacted 
my life and many other people's lives and just beyond words. Mm. That's all I can do, beyond words. Beyond words. Well, fortunately, you are a musician. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you yeah. can express beyond words. Share some of your fondest memories of Mrs. Arambolo, or you can answer it this way. How will you remember her? Fondest memories? I have too many. Too many. <laughs> <laughs> I have too many memories. I mean, I'll give you a few from every chapter of my life. I basically grew up with her. Mm. But back when I was young, talking about food, we'd have group <laughs> lessons as young children where she basically taught musicianship, but we'd also play together, right? But her musicianship classes, I'd remember, she's so creative. She would use Sticko and Oreos or Cremos. That's how we did our dictation. <laughs> Stickos and Oreos. Yes, she <laughs> clapping and we would form the notes with the Stickos and really? Oreos. And then when you got it right, there you go. That's your prize. <laughs> Put it up in a paper bag. Wow. <laughs> so, you know, that's early years. But she would love the fact that we were a batch, you know, we were... You were together. Yeah. Many of my batchmates, I would say, for lack of a better word, they didn't really pursue music, but we're still friends. We're mm -hmm. still in touch on Facebook. We actually saw each other in Mrs. A's wake, and it was just incredible. It was like a grand reunion. But she would love the fact that, you know, we were making friends mm -hmm. through music education. Mm -hmm. Like I said, growing up, every recital we'd have, every competition, she'd make sure... We knew what we were wearing. She'd make a list of what to prepare in our notebook. Make sure you bring this tomorrow. Jacket, <laughs> bubblegum, bubble gloves, bubblegum or candy. Right. Just to wait. Because sometimes you don't know how long you have to wait. until right. you're, Yeah, it's a whole list. I'm telling <laughs> you. She always made sure you were prepared. When I went to Makiling, every Friday lessons, one hour lessons would turn into two, three hours. But of course, you know, like I said, those other minutes would be telling stories, yeah. opening up. Uh, I'm sure no one complained that you spent that much time with her. <laughs> yeah, maybe my parents who had to be <laughs> <laughs> I was telling Mom Chang, one of the biggest things I'll miss with Mrs. Ace, after piano lessons, we'd have gossip time <laughs> or mm. <laughs> just telling all the stories. So that's the Suzuki method. <laughs> <laughs> so a little secret to it. <laughs> yeah. I think we will all remember her as the photographer. Really? Yeah, we we recently had our Suzuki camp, national camp, right? And we were saying, oh my gosh, we lack pictures because Mrs. A is not here. Right from when registration starts, she would be there in the registration room taking pictures. Oh, you're volunteering, take pictures, <laughs> everything. And then she'll even be like, post, post, post. And, <laughs> or she'll ask, you take a picture of us with me, with me. <laughs> so she liked to document everything and... Yeah, we'll miss that about her. She had incredible energy. I said this before. Yes. She had incomparable energy and love and care for everyone, really. Even her caretaker, even her yaya, all her secretaries, even though they were not her students, mm -hmm. even violin players, she was very generous and very loving and supportive. We will deeply, deeply miss Mrs. A., but for sure, her legacy lives on through all the lives she touched. And that's not just her students, that's and the parents and other teachers and students of other teachers as well. Mm -hmm. yeah.
Pianist Jana Pena in Carmencita Arambolo's own composition, Poem. The name of Mrs. A is almost synonymous with the Suzuki method, which she herself brought to the Philippines. However, although her maternal teaching style agrees with it, she was not always an adherent of Suzuki. In fact, our next guest knew her from long before that. Joining us to remember Mrs. A is pianist and piano teacher Carolyn Cheng. You know, when she passed, I realized that I have known her for 52 years. Because <laughs> I'm 65 now, and I met her when I was 13 years old. The story is actually kind of funny. I was studying piano in Immaculate Conception Academy. The school had a piano department, and I was studying piano there. And my teacher went to the U.S. for vacation. So my mom was very worried na, ay, maninigas yung mga kamay mo, you know, your fingers are going to get stiff. So she wanted to enroll me in, uh, actually, it was Yamaha organ lessons for the summer. My mom is a doctor. She had a clinic in Makati, and not far was the Yamaha School of Music. So she brought me there, and they asked me, did I know already how to play an instrument? And I said, yes, I could play the piano. So they said, let's wait for a teacher to come and audition you. And who should walk in very briskly but Mrs. Arambolo herself? So she was the one who auditioned me, and because she found that I lived in uh, the Green Hills area, actually I stayed in Wak Wak at the time, and she lives in Green Hills, she said, let's do our organ lessons in La Salle Green Hills. And after that, she absorbed me into her studio, but as an organ student. I still continued my piano lessons with my teacher in Immaculate Conception Academy. But then it got to the point that my mom saw that Mrs. Arambolo was a very good piano teacher. So in the end, I transferred to Mrs. Arambolo and straight away she made me join the MSO competition. And after a lot of hard work and, you know, beatings over the head, <laughs> I made it. I was one of the winners together with Christine Coyuto. She played the Chopin E minor concerto and I played the Haydn concerto. And that was my first public appearance as a pianist with an orchestra, with the MSO Orchestra and Regalado Jose conducting. So my adventure with Mrs. A really started a long time ago, but it's as if I never really left because, of course, I had lessons with her. And then when I went to college, I had to transfer to another teacher. I did my master's somewhere else. But I was always teaching in her studio. That led to the Suzuki adventure, which we can talk about in a while. For a while, I stopped teaching also, but my kids were going to her preschool. So I was still around. After that, when uh, my kids got older, then I could resume teaching. So I've been teaching in her studio ever since. So I'm one of the loyalty awardees in that school at Green Hills Music Studio. So she's been like my musical mom, the strongest influence in my life. Aside from my parents, Siguro, my mom, Mrs. A, we call her Mrs. A for short. Mrs. A is really like my musical mother. It was because of my contact with her that I decided to study music. 
My own mother is a doctor and I was all set to study pre-med when I went to college. Of course, malungkot na malungkot si Mrs. A because I had just won the MSO audition at that time. And I was fourth year high school then. And so when she saw, I'm, you're going to pre-med, she was kind of sad, but you know, it kind of made sense. But you know, when you're young, you're very impressionable and you get all sorts of funny ideas. I never wanted to study music. My father's a businessman. My mom is a doctor. I had no models in my family to follow. Secondly, the only model I had was my piano teacher in Immaculate Conception Academy, who was a single lady and kind of cranky. So I said, I don't want to be a piano teacher. You're going to be stuck in a room and you're going to be cranky. You're not going to get married. You know, that was my impression when I was a kid a teenager growing up. And then when I met Mrs. A, hey, this is not so bad. You can be married and be a piano teacher. And then uh, you can have even kids. She had five kids. So it was inspiring. And then she was uh, not cranky at all. And she was very dynamic teacher. So it opened my mind to the possibilities of actually studying music. So in my college years, even though I entered UP as a pre-med student, I started studying the sciences and I found out I didn't like botany. I was interested in it, but not to take it as a, you know, a serious course. So at that time, I cross-enrolled in the College of Music. I did theory with Mrs. A. I did uh, history with Mrs. Giochino and I had piano lessons with Rinaldo Reyes. And I had so much fun and felt so much part of the community. It convinced me. And so after a sem or so, I transferred already and did my degree in piano. The contrast between your first teacher and Mrs. Arambolo really was something really stark. It's interesting that you got to know Mrs. Arambolo before Suzuki, because Suzuki has really been attached to her name. Yeah. It was a lot before Suzuki, you know. Uh-huh. I was saying that she was teaching Yamaha organ. She had a whole bunch of young kids that were exceptional and very good. She developed us in the Yamaha organ. And we were one after the other. A whole bunch of teenagers that were musically talented that she was really able to inspire. So we formed an ensemble. Rowena Arieta was part, Winnie was part of this ensemble. She was the pianist and we were the organists. Sometimes I would play the piano also. You know, we would rotate. And of course, Malaking Barkada, we were a gang. We enjoyed really being together and we hung out together. So it was called the GMS Ensemble. Green Hills Music Studio Ensemble. And we had concerts. We performed in UP. We went to Iloilo. We went to Bacolod. Miralco. We performed in, in, in these places. We were parts of different fundraisers. And already there, Mrs. A had her excellence. We wouldn't have won all those competitions without her, her guidance. And she was remarkably creative because for a classical musician, she was able to arrange all these pop music. And some of these arrangements, she would just teach us there on the spot, not write anything out. Do this, do that, like that. Afterwards, we would share our pieces. We would teach each other the pieces. And I decided, let's write them down. So after I notated them, when Mrs. Arambulo made the transition back to classical music through Suzuki, she went back and stopped teaching Yamaha organ. I was so surprised that these pieces, I don't know, they were pirated or shared or whatever, 
they were still playing them in Yamaha competitions. Even after I was not involved anymore in Oregon and Mrs. A was already out, they were still playing her arrangements because they were so excellent. They were so creative and so interesting. She had a Mussorgsky pictures at an exhibition, you know, but with an arrangement by Emerson, Lake and Palmer. And then she adapted it for the organ. It was really marvelous. It was really amazing. Aside from organs, we would have Roland synthesizers on top to mimic various instruments, the trumpet, the flute, or whatever. And she would listen to the music and then, you know, arrange it and then tell us, uh, teach all of us. After a while, I also became her assistant to teach some of the younger members, or let's say when we had other uh, members who left the group because they had to go to college. Now, when new members would come in, I would train them also. Now, of course, uh, Mrs. Arambulo was a teacher par excellence, I think, and you very much inherited so much of what she started. For example, if I'm not mistaken, you became president of the Philippine Suzuki Association after Mrs. Arambulo. What was the essence of her pedagogy? And what are some of the things, her teaching sensibilities, that you now apply to your own teaching? She was extremely hardworking and extremely thorough. Yeah, she never slowed down. Uh, <laughs> no. Even when she was sick, she developed cancer in December 2021. Sometimes after a while, she would say, well, what am I going to do? I guess she really loved teaching. It was really her passion. And and she loved people, kasi. And she would always say, like with Suzuki, um, one of the sayings of Suzuki is, for love of the child and for love of music. I think these were the two things that she really loved. She loved music, and so she wanted to share it. And she loved kids. She loved people, people in general. That gave her life. When she learned how to use Facebook, nako, it was amazing. One time I went with her on a trip to Singapore. Every morning she would spend at least half an hour looking at her Facebook. Ako, I don't want to do it because it takes up too much time. But she will look at it, and then she will tell me, oh, you know, today is so-and-so's birthday. You have to greet her, huh? Or she would say, so she knew everything about everyone, including former students. And she would remember, she remembered everything about everyone. And that's how she kept tabs on her large network of students. So she was very sociable, Talaga, and she really loved people and she loved to teach. But she was also very hardworking because she came from an era Actually, I was able to interview her before she passed, and I was asking her what's her background in college. She came from an era where her teacher would ask her to practice really eight hours a day. Nowadays, you don't do that because you get worried about injuries and that sort of thing. And I don't think the kids nowadays can concentrate that long. Her teacher was a nun. Her name was Sister Vincent. She required her to practice for eight hours a day especially just before the recital. So one time, Mrs. A got bored and she opened her pocketbook in front of the piano. And so she was practicing, but reading her book at the same time. When the nun caught her, there was so much scolding and all that for her. She came from that era. So she believed really in this hard work. And she's very thorough. We do particular rhythmic technique, you know, to make hands play together and to keep running passages clean. So I use it usually with my students when they have problems, when it doesn't sound good. Then I pull it out of my toolkit, you know, and tell them you have to practice it this way. With Mrs. A, whether you need it or not, you have to do it. 
that's how thorough she is. I heard you're doing it with an intermediate student. And I said, I never do it with my intermediate students. And I asked her, huh, do you do it also with them? Yes, of course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's my son. He's making Quento. He studied with her. He couldn't get this uh, particular Bach piece. And so she made him play it 100 times. And we had to mark it off on the chart to show her that we did it.
Weird pianist Jana Pena, a student of Carmencita Arambulo in Judo, from Franz Liszt's Année de Pèlerinage. We will continue Carolyn Chang's reminiscences next week in the second part of our tribute to the dearly beloved Mrs. A. That is all for this Maestro Filipino, DZFE's weekly feature for fine music in our locale. Each episode airs Saturday at 12 noon, the following Sunday, 12 midnight, and lastly, the next Thursday at 8 in the evening. Maestro Filipino episodes are uploaded every week on our SoundCloud and Spotify channels. Once more, this is Daniel, and thank you for listening.